Good morning. Today's date is August 15th, 2021. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, starting on page 13, the first full paragraph, at the hospital I was separated from alcohol, through and including on page 14, the last paragraph, while I lay at the hospital. Today's reader will be Terry C., and our speaker will be Nancy C. So if Terry, if you could get us started with the reading. Thanks, Kim. This is Terry C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. There, I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself, I was nothing, that without him, I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. My schoolmate visited me and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or to toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my requests bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. My friend promised when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living, which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such a peace and serenity as I had never known. There was utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. God comes to most men gradually, but his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I were still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head saying, something's happened to you. I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They in turn might work with others. Thank you so much, Terry. And gratefully today, we have Nancy C. from Michigan, who's going to share on these paragraphs. Welcome, Nancy. Hey, Kim. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Nancy C., recovered compulsive overeater from Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
Um, very nervous. <laughs> There's a lot of people on this meeting. But, you know, God, God never makes any mistakes. And this morning when I was meditating, I'd like to start with uh, the morning meditation, which reads, where two or three are banded together, I will be there in the midst of them. When God finds two or three people in union who only want his will to be done, who only who want only to serve him, he has a plan that can be revealed to them. The grace of God can come to people who are together in one place with one accord. A union like this is a miracle working. God is able to use such people. Only good can come through such concentrated people brought together in a unified groups for a single purpose of a single mind. Today I pray, I pray that I may be part of a unified group I pray that I may contribute my share to its consecrated purpose. So I'm really grateful to be here. And that was no mistake that I had to read that today. Um, it's kind of cool that um, I get to read Bill's story. You know, Bill um, is the model for us all and really walked through what I've walked through. Um, God revealed through him to me um, that I could be saved and that I am but a servant of God and that I'm here to just help him. And if there's one person that I helped today, then I've done my job being here. Um, talking about this part of Bill's story, it's really cool because he's gone through the 12 steps. So I get to share my journey, my experience, strength of hope and hope of what happened and what it's like now. But let me qualify for a second and just kind of talk about um, where I came from. And, you know, it really doesn't matter. I was a chubby kid. I was a fat teenager. Um, you know, my top weight was 183 pounds. And if I stand on my tiptoes, I might be 5'1 today. My low weight was 121. Um, and I'm really settled at where I think I should be where God wants me to be today. Um, but I battled weight all my life. But it really wasn't just the weight I battled. I really battled myself. You know, how I, and why I'm a compulsive overeater, I, I'll never know. And you know what? It really doesn't matter. I can tell you all these horror stories about growing up and, you know, my mom was an alcoholic, but I had a really privileged life. But I always was competing for everything. I was born without directions. You know, I think everyone talks about it in, in meetings that everyone else seems to kind of like know how to get along with people and can go and play in a sandbox and then go home and be okay. I ruminate about that damn sandbox. And why didn't I get that shovel? And why couldn't I play with that shovel when somebody else had to play, play with it? I always wanted more. Never did I have enough? You no, know, people say they invented that word, but I always wanted something that would fill that hole. Um, and I was always competing for everything. Um, family of six, I was middle fiddle and kind of lost in the shuffle, or I thought I was lost. My parents would probably disagree with me, but you know, I always wanted the attention. I wanted to be noticed. And when I got noticed, it still wasn't enough. I wanted to be more, you know, I could get an A on my report card. Damn it. I wanted an A plus. I could excel at my sport. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be like my best friend. Everything that I had all through my life, I always wanted more. And is what I wanted was to fill that hole that I had, that as soon as I got it filled, which ended up being with food, I would get that ease and comfort for a second of that everything is okay. Oh God, and I forgot to turn on my timer. So if somebody would give me five minutes, I'd really appreciate it. Um, 
I never fit in with anything. I always wanted more. And I always got my ease and comfort either from shoving something in my face or from, I took a kind of like little side turn and drank my sugar for a while and um, um, am also a recovered alcoholic. Um, but that feeling of just for a couple of minutes that I had that ease and comfort, it lasted only for a second, you know, like um, it just, I always wanted more. Um, and I have to say that by the grace of God, you know, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today. And I also have 37 years of sobriety that I just celebrated last week. But the important thing is, is that in um, just about a year ago, um, I went or in 2011, I joined um, OA. Somebody suggested I got fired from a very high powered job and it's taken me like nine years to say I got fired because, you know, I took an early retirement and I was eased out or they wanted me to do something else. The truth is they gave me a great severance packet, but um, my eating, I really think had a lot to contribute to that because I was never present. I would go to work at four o'clock in the morning because I was such a great employee and could talk to Europe and Asia but is what I was really doing was getting in everyone's candy dishes. So by the time people got to work, man, I was off to the races. I was in such a food fog. I didn't know what was going on. But anyhow, that job was my life. It defined me because I always wanted more, right? I was at the top of my game. I was somebody and now I was nothing. So somebody suggested that I go to OA and get a food plan from a nutritionist, which I did. And boy, did I have a great um plan of eating. And I had a recipe for diet with group support. And I surrendered 60 pounds in that first year that I was in OA. And I never got the program. I mean, I kept showing up and the people in my home group loved me and supported me throughout my whole time. But it was the weight I was after. It was how I looked on the outside rather than on the inside that counted. So finally, I got to the point where in this past year when the pandemic started, I had really creeped up, my weight had all come back on um, and I was binging uncontrollably. I would wake up every morning saying, I will not eat. And on my way to work, I was at Starbucks picking up two chocolate chip cookies, never one, I was out of two. And by the time I got to work, it was off to the races and I'd come home and eat ice cream and cookies and go to bed crying, feeling sick, saying, I can't do this again. So those days through, grew further and farther between where I just really couldn't do anything except for eat. And in August, um, or in August of this past year, somebody suggested that I try to call into a vision for you. And I was like, no, I'm done with OA. I'm, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Well, I wasn't prepared to hear the message. When I got on that meeting and learned that I had an allergy, that I was allergic to sugar, that it just wasn't that, you know, I was lack of willpower was my problem, that I really truly had a physical problem and that I had a mental obsession with that, that I couldn't control either of them. Control was my big thing. Um, I really saw something. I saw the evidence that, my God, these people could get recovered and be happy. And I saw all I needed to do was turn things over. I mean, all my life, I controlled everything. Um, and really, today, God 
plucked me from the scrap heap of overeating and have given me a life that is so much better than I could ever imagine for myself. And then that brings me to what happened. And really, if we take a look at the text today, um, you know, Bill was separated. Now, what happened to Bill? Bill was like, God, who is God? And, you know, just believe in something. Um, and he put himself in the hospital and he was separated from alcohol for the last time. I finally understood I had to get that out of my system. I had to get sugar and my other trigger foods out of my system if I was going to do anything. The food had to be down before I did anything. Um, the next paragraph, he talks about um, really the, the first three steps. And, you know, I had a perception switch when I started to listen in August to a vision for you and get a get a sponsor who walked me through the big book that I had to commit. I, I had to admit complete defeat and that I was totally, totally out of control of everything and that there was this power, there was this God that could restore me to sanity if I just gave up and surrendered. So I was desperate um, and they, and you know, I was willing to do whatever it took except for one thing. Um, when I lost all that weight, I had a plan of eating that had no sugar in the top five ingredients. And I argued with my new sponsor that I could do that. And she argued that I couldn't and told me to, you know, kind of like prey on that. And I went out looking for people, calling probably some of you saying, God, give me your definition of sugar. And I spent a week doing that. Um, and I was doing no sugar, like she suggested, till I found my answer that said that I could. And so as soon as I found out that I thought I had my own definition that I could have artificial sweeteners, I had a piece of gum that was in my car. I went for a walk with a friend and on the way home, the thought suddenly occurred to me that wouldn't it be nice if I had a bag of chips and I stopped at the store and ate the whole bag. And then my surrender came. I called my sponsor and said what I had done. And she said, you know, thank you for your honesty and you need to be clean for 72 hours. And if I'm still available, I'll sponsor you, but I'm still going to be looking for other people. I was like, are you kidding? Are, what? You can't do this. You're my sponsor. And at that moment, I realized I was nothing, that I had to totally give myself over to whatever anybody else suggested, that I needed to follow what anybody said because I didn't know anything. And so I was able to put myself unreservably under the care and protection of God, which was this program when I started. So there was a perception switch there. And you guys were the evidence that this worked. I just needed to follow that breadcrumbs to the evidence that it worked. Um, and then Bill talks about, you know, he asked for his, um, his sins to be taken away root and branch. You know, I have a deep-seated, fear-based, all my sins come from my, from my fear. You know, I have really good instincts, but I'm never going to have enough, remember? So everything is driven. All of my character defects are really in that root of my problem, which is fear-driven. So it wasn't just the stuff that you saw outside, the branches. I needed to get rid of the root and really take step and look at that and then humbly ask God to remove my character defects and take them away root and, root and branch. branch. Um, doing a complete step five 
having somebody be fully acquainted with me with everything that I had, just like Bill did, really coming bare, bare witness, um, allowed me to try to start moving forward and make amends to people and always making amends, always talking about my own side of the street like Bill did, never talking about ill of anybody else. And that was really hard for me because I was so used to saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, oh God, forgive me, I'm sorry. Or, you know, remember that time when, and throw the onus on somebody else, but then say, you know, I'm really sorry for my little part, but it's still really your part. I was really able to do that um, as I went through this program, just as Bill had taught me to do. Um, one of my favorite lines in the book is the next paragraph that talks about common sense would become uncommon sense. My common sense has always been to fill that hole. Um, we've talked about it, I mentioned it early. The first thing I wanna go to is to stop whatever I'm feeling. If I'm feeling restless, irritable, or discontent, fill it with something. And so my common sense is pick up food, pick up something to drink. And my uncommon sense is to pick up the phone and call somebody, call a fellow, call somebody else who's in this program who understands what I'm going, going through. So God has given me the, the new freedom of saying, I'm not alone with anything and anything that I feel. Um, today, I had a really ugly um, 10 step that I needed to do that I was okay doing it. And it went away as soon as I did it, because I've got other people that I can talk to about these, these things. Um, the other thing is there's a promise in this part of Bill's story that says, you know, my friend promised that when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. That's a promise. And it wasn't just with the food. The food's not down. All my problems today, I don't have any problems. I mean, any problems I have, I have a friend who would call them booze problems. You know, I have high class problems today. I don't have problems like a lot of people do. Um, but it's because I've given myself to a power greater than me that I realize today I'm but a servant. I just need to show up and do whatever God asked me to do. You know, I have my little agenda every morning that I sit and I do my morning meditation and go, okay, I got this, and I got to talk to this person, I got to do this thing. And then I have to stop and go, what's your agenda, God? You know, if this is what it is, then this is great. If you have to turn me someplace, please let me pause and then proceed and do what you need me to do instead of what I need to do. I can honestly say today that I'm more... Um, God-centered than self-centered. And that's not saying I'm a saint because I can get into myself just like anybody else can. Um, but I am willing to redirect and to take advice from somebody else and have a group of people around me who love me and who care for me and will help me make those turns and will be honest with me rather than just a friend who I can commiserate with. Um, I used to love to hold on to a resentment and find all the people that would like feed that and agree with me so it could just get bigger and bigger. Today, I can't afford to do that with myself. I really need to get those done. Thanks, Kim. I need to get those done as soon as it um, comes in. So, you know, I have a new order of things and that's working the steps. Every day I have the opportunity to work all of the steps and it's my choice with God's help to do that so that I say, stay in fit spiritual condition. 
Then he goes on to say, Bill talks about, you know, a price had to be paid. It was simple, but not easy. And that's um, just like Bill, it was my ego that really needed to get smashed. Um, when I read Bill's story the first couple of times, I really didn't see his ego. It's <laughs> because I'm an ego maniac. Now I saw how, you know, his ego just grew. And as I told my story, I mean, I jumped all over the place, but my ego was everything. I just, I just had to have um, my ego filled and massaged and grow bigger and bigger. And to put myself out of that, to put myself aside and let God be the center of my life rather than me be the center of my life, that was amazing. And that was, as it says in the next paragraph, revolutionary because it did really change my heart from self-centered to God-centered. Um, I do have that peace and serenity that I had never known. And getting through the steps and seeing that, I didn't have a lightning bolt like Bill had that, you know, I had just a, a, immediately that I was recovered and, you know, I was some gospel person. But I have noticed just an amazing difference. And it alarms me sometimes when I react differently or I don't react, maybe even try that, just don't react as a big, as a big step in the right direction for me. But um, checking it out with other people for a while, I had, I had to check with a lot of people, you know, am I doing this right? Is this, is being this way the right way to be? Is this is how I should be treating other people? Is this is this me or is it somebody else? No, it's somebody else. It's God. And I just have to accept that and work through him. Um, and it's important for me to do service. Um, this is stretching my comfort zone today. So I really appreciate your patience. But, you know, Bill talked about that he had the idea of AA was joint was it came through him that day where really to keep what I have I have to give it away. I have to sponsor. I have to do service when I'm asked. Um, I have to show up when people call. I need to pick up the phone. You know, I used to hate when um, I didn't know who was calling. I'd be like, I'm not picking it up. Now I know I have to pick it up. I get annoyed when it's, you know, a robocall or something. But for the most part, I pick up and listen to people because that's what I'm supposed to do. I never know when God's got a message for me. And if I'm not open to receiving those messages, I'm cutting myself off from the sunlight of the spirit. So I hope I had something that made sense to somebody and that I shared some hope um, and spoke through somebody or spoke through myself today that God spoke through me and that um, somebody got some experience, strength and hope. And thanks again, Kim. And with that, I pass.